0: Well, hey, thanks for joining us for our final installment in our Seasons of the Soul series. I hope if you've been following along, this has been an encouraging series for you as we've talked about the different seasons of our lives and how God uses that for his plans and his purposes and how we can join him at work in these various circumstances and seasons that we find ourselves in. This last part, we deal with everybody's favorite season. Well, No, actually, you'd have to go back and watch last week's message. Statistically speaking, fall is everyone's favorite season, and I would venture to say maybe not in our actual nature seasons, but the season of winter that we'll talk about today is probably our least favorite season when it comes to life circumstances. As we've been doing through this series, the seasons we're talking about, uh, they kind of follow the agricultural seasons as far as spring is a time of newness and planting and preparation and summer is tending the ground in the long, hot, sweaty days of working the ground so that we can reap the harvest that comes in the fall. And I think that's why fall is our favorite season. We see the fruits of our labor. And so agriculturally, winter is that season where harvest has come and gone. The days are getting shorter. And really and truly, winter is a season of enduring. You see, it's pretty fascinating that there's this phenomenon in nature called dormancy. And dormancy is this period during winter where where literally trees and plants cease to grow. It's a way for them to conserve their energy and growth ceases. It's very similar to hibernation that we see in animals. Hibernation and dormancy are energy-saving methods. You see, winter is a season, as far as we're concerned, it's brought on by outside circumstances beyond our control. And yet these are seasons that require enduring. I want to read for us in Isaiah chapter 40, because I think this passage will kind of guide our thinking and give us a little bit of hope when we find ourselves in seasons of enduring. This is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Jacob, why do you say in Israel, why do you assert my way is hidden from the Lord and my claims ignored by God? In other words, it feels like God is very distant. He's not here in this moment. I think we would all say that winter seasons feel like this. But God reminds them in verse 28, "...do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There's no limit to His understanding." In fact, he gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Why did I read that passage as we begin our discussion on winter? Well, I think it's good for us to remember exactly what Isaiah says. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth, and he never becomes faint or weary. So as we talk about winter and we think about and recount the winter seasons that we find ourselves in, it's important that we remember our hope is in the God, the everlasting God, the creator of the universe who never faints, who never gets weary. It reminds me of a song we sing often here at the Orchard, and you've probably heard it too if you're familiar with Christian radio. It's a song titled Waymaker, and one of the lines in that song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And I would venture to say that winter seasons in our lives feels very much like what Israel questioned. God, it feels like you are not working. It feels dormant. And yet we would be reminded that God never faints, he never gets weary, even when we can't see him at work, even when we can't feel him at work, it's important for us to find our hope in the fact that he continues to work even when we don't see and feel it. And I hope that's encouraging for us as we talk through winter seasons. So the question that we're gonna begin with that we've done in, in each of these seasons is what does God do during winter? When we find ourselves in these seasons that feel dormant, that feel difficult, where the darkness creeps in, where the days become cold, where it feels barren, right? When we find ourselves in these moments in life, what is it that God does during winter? Well, I think the hardest pill for us to swallow is this. God allows certain things to come to an end. I want that sink in for just a moment because I think most of us are probably familiar with that. And that's exactly why we avoid and dislike winter seasons. I want to remind us just before we continue our discussion on allowing things to end that loss, as far as death and that type of coming to an end, is not a part of God's original design, and yet it is a part of God's eternal plan. And we can unpack that more, and I'm sure we will at some point, but for today, just find hope in the fact that loss is not part of God's original plan, his original design, and yet God works in and through those experiences as part of his eternal plan. So when we experience loss, it's important for us to know and to be reminded that this loss is not beyond God's control. It's not beyond what God can do. He can even make beauty from these ashes. And I hope that's encouraging for us. In fact, God uses endings to prepare us for what's coming next. And it's not just loss of life type endings, I'm talking about loss of a job, loss of a career, loss of a home, it's destroyed in natural disasters, whatever that loss is, loss is always painful. In fact, if you go back to last week's message, we realized that we feel loss incredibly uh, in an acute sense, Like, like we feel the pain of loss, we have this loss aversion bias, we try to avoid it at all costs. Loss is painful, And yet God uses loss, God uses things coming to an end to prepare us for what's to come. Jesus, in fact, addressed this same thing with his disciples. In John chapter 13 and following, he prepares his disciples for his future department. He is leaving. He knows this. They haven't quite put all the pieces together. And so he addresses this in John chapter 16 in this way. He tells the disciples, in a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, in a a little while, you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he's saying? What is he telling us? In a little while, you'll see me again. And then in a little while, you will. And so Jesus, knowing their thoughts, knowing their confusion, says this, Are you asking one another about what I said? In a little while, you will not see me again. And then in a little while, you will see me again. Truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn. You will suffer loss. Something will come to an end and you will feel the pain of that moment. But the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful. Why? Because this is coming to an end, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because of the time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the sufferings because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. What did Jesus know? Jesus knew that these men that he had walked with for three years, that he had done life with, they were with him every step of the way. He knew that he would soon return to the Father and they would be sorrowful. They would be sorrowful because his life would come to an end, beaten and battered on a bloodied cross, and they would experience all the trauma that comes with not only losing someone, but losing someone that you were close to, much less the Son of God. Jesus knew all the emotions that they would feel when this came to an end, and yet he says, this sorrow will turn to joy. And I think that's a a hope that we can hold on to when we find ourselves in a winter season, when we find ourselves in a season where it feels dormant, where we experience loss, where things have come to an end, whether it be life, whether it be a job, whether it be a circumstance in life, raising your kids, they've graduated, they've moved out of the house, you feel the emotion and the pain of that. It's important to know that, yes, God allows endings to happen, but he does so to prepare us for what's to come. You see, we have an aversion to winter because of the pain associated with loss, because of the pain associated, the emotions that we feel so intensely when things come to an end. In fact, there are people out there who would have you believe and would teach that, that this is not even a part of God's plan, that, that anything negative in life that you experience, anything bad, quote-unquote, that you experience in life, that can't be from God because God only wants good. And what we would see is that, no, God uses these seasons ultimately for our good and his glory. And so sometimes it's important and even necessary to go through winter because God allows things to come to an end to prepare us for what is to come. So what does that preparation look like? Let's go back to nature for just a moment. This is from a McGraw Hill publication. And they say this, winter is good for the world around us. Many plants need shorter days and low temperatures to become dormant. This way, plants can store up energy for new growth. If a fruit tree doesn't have enough chilling time, it produces fewer, weaker buds. Strong winters also mean fewer bugs. But then they say winter is also good for people. Studies show that people can think more clearly in cold temperatures. People sleep better in winter because as people go to sleep, their body temperature lowers. In the summer, this can take up to two hours for your body temperature to lower to go to sleep. But in the wintertime, because of the temperature around, it takes much less time to go to sleep because your body temperature is already lower. And I know this is from science and nature. And yet I think it applies to us spiritually because sometimes I think we need to go through winter so that God can prepare us for what is to come. In fact, look what the Bible says. There's two passages that I want to read about what we go through now that's painful, that brings sorrow, and yet how God prepares us and uses it for what's to come. In James chapter 1, verse two, it says this, consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. I think for us, those winter seasons, we would often say revolve around trials, difficult circumstances, circumstances that we would have never chosen for ourselves, circumstances that probably we would have avoided at all costs. And yet James says to count it joy when you go through that. Why? Because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. What does James say? He says the trials, those moments that require enduring, that's what winter does, right? It's a dormant state. We endure the winter But that endurance has its effect in days to come, and it actually makes our faith stronger and more pure. And so God uses winter seasons. Now we endure, but he uses it for what is to come. Also, Isaiah 55, it says it this way, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Just as the rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty. But here's the thing. It will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. You will indeed go out with joy and peace and be peacefully guided. The mountains and hills will break into singing before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thornbrush, a cypress will come up. Instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up this will stand as a monument for the lord an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed what is the point that isaiah makes there are things that happen now according to god's ways and his thoughts that are higher than ours that are beyond our comprehension god is working now when we can't see it for what is to come according to his plans and his purposes and so i know it's painful when we experience sorrow Oftentimes when things come to an end in these winter seasons, but just take heart in the fact that God uses these things. He uses these moments in our lives to allow us and to prepare us for what is to come. And so how do you know if you are in a winter season? Maybe it's obvious, but I think there's some emotional uh, tendencies or some emotional awareness that happens. Number one, things seem barren. Do you feel sometimes like you pray and God doesn't hear your prayers or, or you pray and pray and pray and God never answers those prayers? Do you feel like you beat on the door of heaven, so to speak, only to never receive an answer? I think sometimes in our lives, these winter seasons feel like things are barren. I think sometimes winter seasons are marked by isolation where we feel alone. We walk through hard things. We, we endure hard things and we feel alone and I think sometimes winter seasons are obvious because of what comes to an end and the loss that we experience you know I think how uh, graduation is such an interesting time where for students who are getting ready to graduate go to college enter the workforce whatever it is that they do after they graduate how it's almost a spring season where they are excited and anticipating the future and I think for many parents it may even be more closely associated with a winter season. For the last 18 years, your life has revolved around this child or these children and raising them and preparing them, and yet here comes senior pictures, and then all of a sudden you attend the last game. You go to the last recital, and then you attend graduation. And while you're excited for your child to to enter this next phase of life for you, I think things are coming to an end. And you probably feel that emotionally. You probably feel the weight of this. And if I would guess correctly, and I'm probably correct in this, I would say that maybe you're not truly excited because you're not really sure what's to come. And so I think all of these can be times of winter in our lives. And so why is that important for us to know when I'm in winter? Well, because there are dangers of winter. And I think number one on this list of dangers is depression. In fact, as I was reading over some of this stuff, did you know that in the wintertime, there's actually something called seasonal affective disorder? It's this time literally where people experience depression in the winter months due to a lack of sunlight. It's a phenomenon that we observe, psychologists observe it, they see it every year, where people slip into bouts of depression in the winter months, and then miraculously, whenever the spring arrives, they begin to slip out of depression. And I think that's a danger for us when we go into a winter season, is that we can uh, we can experience moments of depression. And that depression can... Uh, lead to bitterness I think it it can lead to feeling isolated it can lead to us pulling away and so I think it's important for us to understand that when we go through these seasons that we are at risk to be depressed that we are at risk to pull away so, I think it's just important for us in these moments that we find ourselves in to, to continue to endure. That, that's the key word that we're focusing on to continue to walk through, to continue to do the things that I know I should do. Don't isolate from people intentionally. Continue to surround yourself. Even if you don't feel it in the moment, continue to surround yourself with other people. Another thing that happens in the winter is there's a risk, a danger of starvation. Winter is hard, but it's harder when you're hungry. Now, I don't wanna take the analogy too far, but the idea is this. In the winter, from an agricultural sense, things don't grow. You don't survive the winter based on what is growing and being harvested in the winter. You survive the winter. You are sustained through the winter by what was done in spring and summer and what was reaped and harvested in the fall. And so I think sometimes when we go through winter seasons in our lives, we are at risk of starvation. And what I mean spiritually is this if we don't do the things in spring, summer, and fall, if we don't have those theological foundations, if we don't have biblical truth that we can anchor in and ground ourselves on, I think we are at risk to struggle spiritually even more so when we find ourselves in winter. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, don't doubt in the dark what God showed you in the light. And I think that's huge for us because when we walk through winter seasons, when things come to an end, You know, let's use the example of graduation again. I think as a parent, if you find yourself in this type of season where, yeah, you're excited for your children, but but if you're being honest, you're experiencing a little bit of emotional pain at the thought of losing your children into whatever they're going into, this season of life coming to an end, I think it's easy for us to sometimes begin to question, well, I guess that's the rest of my life. I have no more purpose in life. And I think if we aren't, prepared or uh, if we don't do the hard work spiritually speaking in spring and summer and fall then we're at risk to starve during the winter and spiritually I think we can dry up in the winter and so my encouragement is how do we avoid that is what do we do when we find ourselves in winter well I think related to what we just said about spiritually starving in these moments is this number one when we find ourselves in winter I think it's important for us to look back what do we mean i mean to remember god's faithfulness in the past to remember what god revealed to you about his character when it wasn't winter in the spring when things were exciting remember what god taught you and revealed about himself then look back and as we look back we remember that god is faithful even though I don't feel it in the winter, even though I'm enduring in the winter, I am anchored and I'm held in those moments by what God showed me before winter. But also, in addition to looking back, what else can I do during winter? I can look forward. I can trust that because God was faithful in the past, that He will be faithful in what is to come. So just because my child is graduating and this season is coming to an end, and I feel the weight and the emotion of this, right? I can be confident that God will continue to work in the future. He was faithful then. He'll be faithful in the future. And then you look at it, and now all of a sudden, winter gives way to spring, and now I have grandkids, right? These are the types of things that we can look forward to. And now, what is my purpose as a grandparent? And so I want to encourage us when we find ourselves during winter instead of being starved, instead of falling into depression, and I'm not saying you can avoid all of these things, but to help combat these things, help combat these dangers, we can look back on what God has showed us in the past, the experiences that we have with Him. We can fall back and trust that because He was faithful then, He will be faithful in days to come. And lastly, I think it's important for us just to remind ourselves that winter is a season. Winter is a season with a starting date and an ending date. In the moment, it may feel like that end date will never come, but seasons come and seasons go. Winter is hard. It requires endurance, but we can find rest and assurance in this, that winter always gives way to spring. So if you find yourself in winter, look back on God's faithfulness. Look forward to how He will continue to use you and what He will continue to do. In fact, in winter, remember, the plants, the trees, the animals, they hibernate, they go into dormancy. Why? To conserve energy. And when is that energy needed? When the spring comes, now the plants and the trees have the energy needed to continue to grow, to put on new buds that will produce new fruit. The animals have energy when spring comes to continue to go and to bear fruit, to have cubs right? To have offspring. And so we endure winter with the hope that spring is coming. And I think that's who God is. You see, experiencing loss, experiencing endings, experiencing the pain and the sorrow in these moments, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it requires us to endure, but it does not negate who God is see, God is the author of life. God is the giver of life. And I want to remind us and leave us as we close out this series with what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. Now he's talking about physical and resurrected life here, right? He's talking about physical death, resurrected life. But it's important to know that this happens and this is a reality because God is the giver of life. And that which is dead has not reached its end because God has the ability to even resurrect. God has the ability to defeat death and he has done that through Jesus. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep or we will not all die, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. For this corruptible body, this body of flesh and bones must be clothed with incorruptibility, this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body is clothed with immorality immortality, then the saying that is written will take place Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work. Why? Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God who gives or who allows us to go through these seasons, these seasons of dormancy, these seasons of winter, is also the God who has defeated sin and death and who makes a way when there is no way, who brings life from death. And so because of that, what Paul says is, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast. Be immovable. You see, to me, that's the perfect ending to winter. In winter, when we find ourselves in moments of enduring we are steadfast. We remain, even though it's hard, even though it's painful, even though we don't feel like it, we remain steadfast, immovable in our faith. Why? Because we know that God is a God of hope. We know that God is a God of life. We know that winter seasons come and winter seasons give way to spring. And when spring comes, we are ready and excited and anticipating what God will do to bring a new harvest. And that is who God is, and that is why we can endure through the winter, because we know that spring lies on the other side, and God brings new life and new growth in spring. I hope this is encouraging for you, and if you find yourself in winter, can I just tell you, hold fast. Hold fast look back to the one who was faithful then and remain hopeful that because of his faithfulness, he will be faithful in days to come. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Spring is coming. God, what do you want me to do now to remain immovable, to remain steadfast so that when spring comes, I am able and ready and willing and energized to do the work that you would have me to do in spring. I hope this series has been encouraging for you. And whatever season you find yourself in, continue to look and hold fast to Jesus because he is the one who walks with us through every season of life. Can I pray for you? God, we thank you today that we can find hope even in the midst of pain and sorrow, even in the midst of enduring, difficult, dark months of winter. But God, we realize that dormancy is sometimes necessary to conserve energy so that when the work begins in spring, we are ready and we are able. So Lord, I pray that whoever may be walking through winter who sees this, who hears this, Lord, that they would find hope that they would remain steadfast in you, knowing that spring is coming, knowing that you are not done with them, and that they would be ready that when that day comes, or that you have used winter to prepare them for what lies ahead. God, we love you. We thank you that you are the author of life, the giver of life. We thank you that we have hope in you because of who you are and because of your son, Jesus, who gives us new life. God, thank you. And we ask this in his name. Amen.